Okay. Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast. Wow, that's loud. Hold on. Let's pull that back just a little bit. Let's try that again. Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast. All right. There's a lot going on. A lot to get to in the next uh, however long we take to get to it. It's a podcast. There are no limits. We We could be a Joe Rogan and go for four and a half hours. We could be a Mike Rowe and do it for six minutes in and out. Be done. Not us, though. I say we meet somewhere in the middle. Let's, let's aim for 45 to 60. How many seconds is that? <sighs> My five-year-old is into a kick now. It'll be five minutes, buddy. Five minutes. How many seconds? And then he, he stays there and he counts it. <laughs> he does. His new thing. I like it. Uh, okay. We'll get to everything there is to get to. What's on the rundown this week? Great question. I could go on and on about the Joe Biden gaffes. He says he's running for Senate. He couldn't remember who Mitt Romney was outside of the Mormon, which I think would be great if, you know, imagine Ilhan Omar has an opponent who goes, ah, what's the Muslim woman? Like, do you, that would not go well. But Biden can do it, and he's just sleepy old Uncle Joe who's probably drunk, so nobody cares. They keep going. So we're not going to really stop and talk too much about Biden. Just know Biden's being Biden. But we do have uh, a lot to cover, a lot to get to. It's Columbus Day. We'll talk about that. We'll give you our charity of choice. The White House has agreed to investigate the ATF decision on the honey badger. The top official at the World Health Organization, one of them, has said lockdowns don't work. Don't do that. That's a last-ditch effort. And then there was a uh, shooting at a protest in Denver. Buddy, listen, if you don't think we're in a civil war, time to recognize we're in a civil war, okay? Americans are literally killing other Americans in the street over political differences. Uh, And that is, uh, I'm not going to speak too much on the Denver shooting because I'm not sure specifically what's happening there, but in a broader sense, we can say that America is at war with itself. Uh, I think what Kyle Rittenhouse did was the right thing to do. I stand by that. I think it was a good shoot. He was being attacked. He was outnumbered. An angry mob had surrounded him. I'm not sure exactly what happened in Denver. I'm just saying in a broad sense, America is at war with itself. we got to be really, really careful about what we do and how we do it. So my name is Chris, and across from me... It's Patrick. Good to see you, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Fantastic. This week's charity of choice is persecution.com. That is the voice of the martyrs. If you're of the Christian faith, this will interest you specifically. 30,000 Christians displaced from their homes and persecution.com, the voice of the martyrs, is there to help them. Their mission is to serve persecuted Christians through practical and spiritual assistance and leading other members of the body of Christ into fellowship with them. You can learn more about them at persecution.com. Particularly, you could read the story of Poonam in India. Uh, This is a woman who got saved and left Hinduism in 2012 when her husband found out he beat her, ripped her Bible to shreds, kicked her out of the house, and she decided she'd go out and minister to her community, uh, recently telling a voice of the martyr's worker that Isaiah 41.10 has special meaning for her. Fear not, for I'm with you. Um, Anyway, it's easy to live in America and live easy lives, which we all do, by the way, even if you're an Antifa petulant brat. 
Um, you live an easy life. Even the poorest among us have multiple cell phones and order food to go as a habit. That's a good life. It's a good life. Your house might not be as nice as my house. My house is not as nice as other people's houses around me. Uh, we all live pretty decent lives in America. And, and so it's easy to forget that there are people out there that, that are struggling the way these people struggle simply for what they believe. Unlike in America where that really doesn't happen unless you support Donald Trump. Okay. Persecution.com. Persecution.com. <laughs> See, I put myself on the cross there. I don't really know. Well, I, I got to tell you this before we get into the world is falling apart. Happy Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, by the way. He found the continent of North America. Thought he found India. If you don't know this stuff, I, there's no help for you. I do think it's an interesting tidbit. If you really want to be the wet blanket of the party, you can ask people why Columbus sailed west. If you're trying to get to India from Spain, <laughs> he's an Italian sailing under the Spanish flag, right? Uh, why, why are you sailing west? Why wouldn't you just track it? Like some people here think the earth is flat. You could die. Okay, well, I'm an explorer. I'm an adventurer. But also, by the way, the Ottoman Empire had captured the east coast of Spain. It was a, a very deadly proposition to try to take the foot journey to India from Spain. So actually, sea travel was becoming a necessity because the Muslims had surrounded peaceful religion that somehow made it from Saudi Arabia to Spain by sword. Hmm. Anyway, uh, some interesting history around Columbus and why he sailed west. But happy Columbus Day. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I think he did a great service to the world, despite any other failings you might think happened to the man. He did a great service to the world by being brave enough to go and possibly sail off the edge of the world. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. fun fact, he was actually an immigrant, and he brought diversity to America. So he's got that going for him. I like that. So I actually think the Democrats should love him. I like that. It's just a man looking to make a better life for right. himself and his family. Diversity is our strength. <laughs> Here's a blanket. <laughs> uh, it's a myth. I don't believe it, and that's true. Uh, I want to say this funny story about my son before we get into the quagmire of the daily news. I just thought this was great. You know what's great about having kids? Is kids remind you who you would be if you didn't care what everybody thought. And that is a really beautiful thing. I like how you put that. It really is beautiful because think about all the times, even within the last few days, last few minutes since you've been in my house that if if you felt like you could just say exactly what was on your mind you just say it kids get to do that man so our our my wife's family my family by marriage um had a gathering and they were celebrating all the october birthdays because my wife's family as you may well know has 250 people in it okay she comes from a family with a lot of people there's a set of parents her mom's sister has nine kids, okay? And all nine kids have about five kids, and that's not an exaggeration, okay? All right. So Micah, who has hung out with us, is part of that troop. He has four siblings, right? And then, so he can attest to you, if ever challenged on the subject, that when you go to their gatherings, you, you could be at a gathering of her family, 
And it's not uncommon to have 60 to 75 people there. And they're not all there. They're missionaries mainly. Those right? are called family reunions. <laughs> for, for most people, man, this was a soup bar. <laughs> like We got together and shared our favorite soup recipes. Obviously, I won. How much does it cost to rent out an auditorium <laughs> on a regular basis? Yeah, you right. You put it on a retainer? Like, how does that work? No, they're very fortunate that uh, her cousin is a very nice, generous man who has a really nice property, and he opens it up, and we just go set up out there, and everybody sits around tables and folding chairs and stuff. But they do it right. Like, they have fun. They don't do right, it Right, like, so like I said, a family reunion. <laughs> boy, I'll tell you, I feel like it, right? Here's the thing. This uh, this is true. I want to say this in case any of them hear it. You're amazing. Um, they're, they're missionary families um, for, the, for a good majority of them. Okay, um, the cousin whose house we go to lives locally. He owns a company and uh, is in roofing, uh, contracting, something like that. Anyway, the point is, uh, but so so they're not all together very often, and so when they are, it's like a big gotcha. to do. All right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a family reunion. Chris. It's a family that's reunion. It's called to a degree, to a degree. Um, but even I, I'd have to say, even when like the missionaries aren't there, which is like three of the families, still a lot of people, still a lot of people. Because the guy whose house it is, he has four kids. We have three, so just them alone, that's eleven people. But then we have two other families that are local, so you add twenty people in there. I mean, it gets crazy. It gets crazy fast. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, they're very musically inclined. I won't go on and on about this because it's not important, but they're a fun group. And my, the point is this. So we're getting ready. I was ready, I thought. I had already gotten ready. And I was rocking some blue jeans and a hoodie and some flip-flops. It's that kind of weather right now, right? Like yep. where you can get away with the flip-flops and a hoodie and you just feel cozy. It's a soup thing. Like, literally, they said, bring your favorite soup. We're just going to have a soup bar. And like then, a soup outfit to me. Uh, yeah. And the, By the way, here's why I got onto the family size, because I think we sang happy birthday to nine different people or so. Not a joke. Seven or eight people of the family have birthdays. Well, my middle child Probably is one of those. Probably great when you guys got to the name part. <laughs> so, Yeah. Happy birthday uh, to you. All Happy of birthday you. To you. <laughs> it's about right. What it sound like? It's about right. Um, my middle child, his birthday is towards the end of the month, and uh, they were including him. So we go. And my oldest comes to me. I would say an hour before we're going to leave. I was starting... That's about right, because the soup took me about an hour to make. 90 minutes before departure, my oldest comes to me and he says, Dad, you know what would be really different? I said, what's that? If we wore suits and ties. Because I've got a nice shirt, a nice tie. We should wear our suits and ties. We'll look really nice. And when we walk in, people will probably have to look at our face to see who we are because we'll look so nice. You know as well as I do, you can't say no. Like, reaches a point where it's like, it's such <laughs> an altruistic deal. Like, he's just, well, I guess it's not altruistic. He's act, It's actually somewhat self-serving. It's very like, this would be cool, and we should be proud of ourselves, and we should dress nice for this, and we should go. And so I think, how the heck do I get out of this one? 
But I didn't. I said, I'll do that. I'll do, I think I'll you have to explain to him that you already had your soup outfit on. <laughs> right. And that ties and soup don't really go together. It's just soup, Jerry. It's just want, soup. You don't want to dribble that on your tie. <laughs> so I feel like that was your out, but you probably screwed that all up. I didn't. I'll tell you how I weaseled out of it. I didn't weasel out. I will say. I said, son, I'll, I'll do it if you want to do it. Totally up to you. But I'm going to tell you this, and this is true. It's been raining for two days. You know the cousins are going to want to run through the woods and play because cousin Dave, it's at his house. He's got something like a lot of acres. He's got a lot of acreage, a lot of woods. All right. And I said, you know they're going to want to run play. If you wear your nice clothes, you're not going to be able to do that unless you'll wear a good T-shirt underneath it all so you can take it all off and then run and play. He's like, huh. I said, or, or if you want, just rock the suit jacket with your favorite T-shirt. You'll still look stylish. You can see people do it all the time. Wear a nice T-shirt, rock the suit jacket. I'll put on a suit jacket and a shirt, and we'll just go that way. We'll be casually dressed up. And he went for that. So that's what we ended up doing, suit jackets and, and casually dressed up. All right. And, and, boy, he loved it. And I loved it, too. I had a good time with it. They took a family photo. And I, like, watched him, like, look for his jacket and grab his jacket and get it on and get ready. It was awesome. We had a good time. So I was reminded, I recently uh, was talking to a friend who does mountain bike training. And, uh, well, that's not fair. He does a lot more than that. He is a personal fitness trainer to mega athletes, like, employed by Yamaha. Okay? He's a big deal. And uh, he said, one of the things adults get wrong is that we forget that play can be practice and can be exercise. And when we'll get back to remembering that kids get good at things because play is practice to them, you'll get better at things too. So stop worrying so much about how you look and how you feel. And remember that really, if you'll just view it as a form of play, you're really practicing. Play should be your practice. And we're kind of that way, I think, mentally too, right? Like everything, you get in these social situations, you feel odd. But anyway, that's what I, I kept hearing. Jeffrey, that's the, the trainer, I kept hearing his voice like, this is play is practice, you know, like he had to dress up and look look snazzy. So we had a good time. Anyway, I don't know what, why I wanted to share that, except I just thought it was such a fun story. And, Can uh, I ask you a question? Yeah. When when you get together, oh. you said there's how many people there? 70? Uh yeah, something like that sometimes, yeah. So, and you made not, soup. not at this one. This one was this one was legit 30 people. Right, let's just pretend there's 70 <laughs> and right, you made yeah. soup. No, okay, I know where this is going. Go ahead. Do you make it in the bathtub or like <laughs> uh, right. how do you make that much soup? So, I'm just trying to So, I asked the hostess, right? Her house, her rules. And I had asked my wife before we went and I said, what's the etiquette on this, right? Like, we always, you always get in these things, especially when it's a big family. But I'm sure you know, too, now, right? Um, where, okay, we've only got five in our family, and then there's 50 people here. Like, how much are we obligated to bring? And so I landed on the conclusion that if every family brings enough to feed their family, that should be enough for everyone to get a little bit of each. One would think. Yeah. So that's what we did. We did we did enough for ours and then some. So not a whirlpool tub, just a normal bath. Just a normal. Uh, I, so what I thought was a, the best idea of the night, <laughs> I took 
one of the orange Gatorade water coolers. Yeah. And the white paper nice. cups. And that's how you had to get my nice. soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I dumped it on the hostess. That's <laughs> a thank you. And she's now dead. <laughs> so she's down at the Augusta Burn Center. Uh, recovering. Yeah, no, no, that is, that was legit a conversation we had of how much are we, how much are we obligated to bring? How much are you supposed to bring when it comes to this? It's in, I remember it was very similar to, I remember being single and going, (laughs) my parents are going to kill me for this one, but I remember being single and going on a family beach vacation and realizing what a ripoff it was, (laughs) right? Because... Not that I don't love my nephew, but I'm sharing a. I'm in a. Bo- I'm on a bottom bunk in a junk basement room with my cousin. All right, and my brother. I believe. I don't think Keith was in the room. I think he got his own room, with wife slash fiance, maybe girlfriend. It's a girl he ended up marrying. I don't know what their status was at the time. It's been a long time. But you got my parents, right? And then you got my older sister and her husband, my younger sister and her husband. They've all got kids. Everybody I just mentioned has kids. I'm the sole single guy, and I'm sharing a room with a kid who's a fun guy, okay? He's 15 years younger than me. At the time, I think he was like 14-ish, not even that, probably 12, I think, 11 or 12. And we were having dinner, and everybody was talking about what a great deal the house was, (laughs) price-wise. And I go, wait a second, we all paid the same price to be here? And they were like, yeah. And I said, so I paid the same as the person with the king suite to be in this house for the week. Well, yes, because that's fair. No, that's not fair. <laughs> to me, it's not fair. You didn't get the wife prorate. I've got the bottom bunk, and I'm sharing a room and a bathroom, and everyone else has private accommodations, and then their kids have private accommodations. Why did I pay the same as everyone else? <laughs> I was really, I actually was offended. I was kind of mad about it. That's how I started feeling about the soup. The more I thought about it. Now, wait a second. So. I was going to ask if you had soup at the beach. Life. <laughs> different family. Different ah, side of the got family. It. Uh, so I, I, I guess, don't know how I could get confused. What I'm saying is I had learned my lessons from the soup or from the, from the beach. And I applied those lessons from the beach to the soup. Got it. And I said, no, no, no. Enough for me. That, sir, mine. is what they call wisdom. That's right. Comes with age. Yep. You don't just see. You don't just have this it. soup thing. Could have been a debacle had the beach thing not happened. You're right. So I'm, I'm, I mean, live and learn, and move on. That's almost that's Gandhi. That's Gandhi. I think who <laughs> said that originally. Yeah. Uh, yep. And and you're right. I, can, I I do remember that Gandhi thing where he was like, yeah, the soup thing and the beach thing. <laughs> he said, so, yeah, be, be the soup. You want to have at the soup bar. Famous guy. But not at the beach. I can now be thankful that the beach happened. Never before in my 40 years. (laughs) Now, now I can be thankful that the beach happened. Good. 
Okay. We've, this is closure. I was going to say, this is cathartic. The, this yeah, is like really, I feel like we really tapped into something experiencing here. Experiencing this in real time. <laughs> getting all worked up. Uh, I was recently at a lake house with some people and uh, for uh, legitimately was a work event, but it's hardly. And they put on, somebody brought a Bluetooth speaker, right? So <clears throat> it's all these people through work and people, my work sponsors, and we're all hanging around this dock and, and somebody brought a Bluetooth speaker down. And, and we're having this interesting conversation, by the way, about how do you get your music? I turned to one of the people there. I said, do you have music on your phone? And she said, yeah. And I said, do you though? Or do you have Spotify on your phone? She said, well, yeah, I have Spotify. I said, okay, but what music is on your phone? And she was like, Spotify, you idiot. And I said, right, but that's not music on your phone, right? If you get on a plane and you don't have Wi-Fi access, what music can you listen to? That's what I'm curious about. So that was the conversation of how quickly everything is changing in the world. Everything is changing. Anyway, saying all this because it's just reminding me, I'm, I'm harking back uh, to, the, to the beach house. Uh, they, somebody put on Spotify or something, and they had to have chosen 90s rock. Like it was uh, Papa Roach was like one of the first songs. Yes. And then I heard some Incubus, and someone said, uh, I hope it plays some Blink-182, and it was all this just angry. Yeah, I think if it played Blink-182, that's where I would have demanded my money back, and it would have had nothing to do with bunk beds. Right. <laughs> no, that would have just been it for me. Heck, man, I was on the other end of that. I was getting paid, so I wasn't complaining. Uh, but what was funny to me, uh, what I thought was my best joke of the week, uh, maybe was we're all sitting there and there's a lull in the conversation, right? And it's like a uh, tool or something playing. And I go, why do I suddenly hate my father again? <laughs> 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 and I, said, I said, everybody laughs, you know, everybody gets, everybody gets it, you know, cause we're listening to this old school music. I said, <laughs> said, I had grown to think he'd actually been right all along, but now now I'm just not so sure anymore. <laughs> I'm going to call him and yell at him. <laughs> uh, anyway, we grow out of it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. Enough about me and my family. How are you? <laughs> uh, let's go over and... Uh, oh, first, let's talk about FeltRecoilShow.com. FeltRecoilShow.com. Do you know we still get comment after comment? Question after question about the Springfield Armory Saint. I find that to be so funny. I stand by the fact that it's at the time. <laughs> this is you know we're going to have to change it thanks to COVID. Uh, best rifle on the market for less than a thousand dollars, right out of the case. It's pretty awesome, and uh, I give you my rundown on why I think it's such a great rifle, why you should consider it. Any YouTube video that can be found at FeltRecoilShow.com. FeltRecoilShow.com. The Honey Badgers. A pistol, supposedly, or maybe not. Uh, if you've been following this, here's how you know this is an old photo on uh, AWR Hawkins uses this photo at Breitbart.com. The rifles all have key mod in the picture. Mm. Mm, it's a Getty image, so you know that thing's old. Uh, the White House is investigating the ATF's decision to increase regulation on QLLC's Honey Badger pistol. The agency is warning that other AR-15 pistols may be targeted as well. I don't think they will be. Breitbart News reported that the ATF sent Q a cease and desist letter dated August 3rd, 2020, announcing a reclassification of Q's Honey Badger pistol as a short-barreled rifle. 
This means the pistol now falls under the purview of the National Firearms Act of 1934, as do machine guns, suppressors, and SBRs. So, let me explain this in case you don't know. If you buy an AR pistol that is different than a short-barreled rifle, let's talk about what defines both real quick. Uh, and this is going to be a 10,000-foot view, okay? So I'm not going to go real deep here. But essentially, a short-barreled rifle is defined by the ATF is a firearm designed to use two hands to shoot and to be shouldered as a stock as well as a barrel that is less than 16 inches in overall length, okay? Am I missing anything there, Hulon? You know better than I do on this topic. I mean, if we're going off the ATF's yeah. designation, then no, you're not missing anything. Okay, that's about right. Yeah. The way to get around this is that the ATF allows you to build an AR pistol. An AR pistol can actually have any size barrel length you want, uh, but the point would be to make it short because what good is a weapon designed to be shot with one hand? See, is the difference. Pistol. Um, if you have a 20-inch barrel on it. There's nothing illegal about a 20-inch barrel on a pistol. It just n- doesn't really make sense. So what has happened as of late is people are building uh, AR pistols, and then they're using a stabilizing brace. Now, this is a device that is designed so that the shooter's forearm can slip through a loop at the rear or sit against a blade fixture that allows for stabilization of the firearm while it's being used. Does that sound fair? Yep. Okay. So, which originally were designed for uh, people with disabilities. Yep. I think uh, the first one that was approved by the ATF for use was designed by a disabled veteran who had lost a limb uh, in combat. And so he's looking for a way to still be able to shoot an AR from a wheelchair. Uh, right. Essentially one handed. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, from a wheelchair. Yeah. So that's really the origin of the brace. So, QLLC has been building a, an AR pistol called the Honey Badger pistol. <clears throat> and the ATF told them not so long ago, cool, go for it. The ATF has now said you can't do that anymore. And they sent him a letter and noted that two other Q pistols, the Sugar Weasel and the Minifix, may also fall under NFA purview. Q responded to the ATF by issuing its own letter, which says... Q has ceased all production of the Honey Badger pistol and submitted a comprehensive letter to ATF and the Department of Justice stating why we disagree with this classification. Additionally, we've provided recommendations on how to address firearms already in circulation. Q is seeking solutions that best protect you, the individual, and Q's distribution network from falling out of compliance with ATF regulations and federal law. At this time, Q has not received any definite... I think it's supposed to be any. It says and... Q has not received and definite guidance from the ATF. I think it's any. I'm reading it off Breitbart.com. No excuses, Chris. Get it together before you start. Yes, sir. The Honey Badger, Sugar Weasel, and Minifix all have stabilizing braces, and the ATF's letter caused trepidation among owners of what are estimated to be millions of AR-15 pistols with stabilizing braces. On Saturday, the White House told the Washington Beacon that the administration would be looking into the ATF's actions in order to ensure Second Amendment rights are not being violated. The White House said, quote, the White House and leadership at the Department of Justice are reviewing this matter to ensure there is no interference with the ability of law-abiding citizens, including lawful firearms manufacturers, to exercise their constitutionally guaranteed liberties. Now, 
me say something. First of all, for the purists among us, I'm really happy about that wording at the end. Constitutionally guaranteed liberties. Um, because that's what the Constitution does. Right? It doesn't give us. To. Yeah. It just it it reaffirms what already existed, right? It's not like, pardon me, it's not like the Constitution uh, or our, our rights exist because of the Constitution. The Constitution exists because of our rights. So anyway, I like the wording of that. Um, I don't like the ATF's ability to change its mind. Much like we had the conversation a couple weeks ago about putting the Supreme Court on a 12-year rotation. I feel like we got to figure something out with these unelected bureaucrats at the ATF. Uh, if we could put the ATF on a zero-year rotation, that'd be great. How awesome would that be? Yeah. What is there, Patrick Hulon? You deal with the ATF as a habit. Maybe I shouldn't have used your full name. Let's back up. Rewind. Dang it. <laughs> what is it, Brandon Schulte, that the ATF does? <laughs> we'll get another friend in trouble. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That you think is even worthwhile? That's my question. Patrick, seriously. What what good is the ATF? Because I look at the ATF and I go, who needs you? Well, I think the problem is... Uh, Don't be a politician. I no. asked you a question. No, no, no. The problem is is that they're a ex- uh, member of the executive branch that are legislating. Yeah. And that is... By the, fiat. By fiat. They, uh, they have not been granted the ability to do it. They're just doing it and no one has ever stopped them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when that started, but I, I, I would guess sometime after the Gun Control Act of 86 was when they, they really got some some steam and they got mm-hmm. a little more, I mean, you know, assassination attempt on Reagan. Ah, a guy used a gun. Guns are bad. And so now we're going to feed a bunch of money into the ATF coffers and they get all this money and they get a little wild hair and go, well, we'll just do whatever we want now. Yeah. And everybody went, cool, just do that. Yeah. I think that's really what happened. And so now we're living in an age where, remember back before, forget about Q, but remember back when uh, SB Tactical came out with these braces. Yeah. And uh, they were, they came with a little card in the box that basically said they were legal. Here's, here's the letter from the ATF. It was a front and back, like, business card size. The point of that was so you could keep it on your person. So if you got pulled over and maybe your local cop didn't know what it was, this card explains. This is from the ATF. It's on their letterhead, but it's miniaturized in a business card format. Front and back explains what it is. And so they started to gain in popularity. And then uh, at some point, the ATF basically stepped in and said, yeah, you know what? These are not. These are not what you said they are because people right. can shoulder them. Mm. And it essentially is acting in place of a stock. Yada yada yada. So we're gonna we're gonna just arbitrarily deem them illegal based on our opinion, essentially. Right. And so then Well they, wait, real quick, clarification. Were they made entirely illegal or were you told you couldn't shoulder the brace? I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't remember because they waffled so much on it. Right. So I think at one point they were, uh, well, I guess they were never technically illegal, but but you were told you could not shoulder it because uh, their argument was intent. Right. So once again, hard to prove, obviously, when someone buys something or invents something, but right. 
here we are with with the ATF. Do you remember that there was a time where you and I went shooting with friends, and yes. I shouldered a pistol, and one of our friends had a legitimate concern. He's like, "Hey, listen, I, I'm just telling you, man, that's a felony act. That's yep. a felony act." Yep. And I don't think he was wrong at the time, but I remember being like, "He wasn't wrong, but and? it was really funny." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "So?" And he's he like, was very serious. Yeah, and, and look, and he was right. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong by any means. Or any measure at all, but it was just a. It was funny to me that I, you know, because I am incredibly anti ATF. Like I haven't seen. It's not. We're not talking ice. You know what I'm saying? Like th- th- here's what we know: the ATF has done killed American service members. Brian Terry is a death due to the incompetence of the Obama administration. Not even incompetence to the willing participation of the ATF, the FBI, and the Obama administration. They they all colluded together and it killed Brian Terry. So that's what I think of when I think of the ATF. So Sage Dynamic. Sorry, I totally, I totally you brought hijacked. it up. So I'm, I'm gonna, sorry. I'm going to keep yeah. going there. So you brought it up. Um, Sage Dynamics actually tweeted, uh, if Q had named their rifle Fast and Furious instead of the Honey Badger, the ATF, and they tagged ATF in this, <laughs> yes. would have just pretended it didn't exist and ignored it. <laughs> yes. Who is this? Sage Dynamics. What can I buy from them right now? Uh, nothing cheap. I would tell you that. Fine, I That's, don't care. It's all good though. I'll support them everything with my they paycheck. make. Good stuff. That's amazing. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly right. Who are you with your highbrow attitude? Of well, are you shouldering the brace now? Here's the room. Do you know anybody with a honey badger? Um, I have known a couple people that have have don't bought name them. them. Don't no, name them. I'm not. I'm not going to do like. Go you back did. to your assumed identity, right. Brandon Schulte, right? And tell me the people you know with honey badgers. Name names. Uh, I have, I have friends who have purchased them. Okay, I don't know anyone that currently owns one. I want to see an owner's manual because with the eight, with the rumor I'm hearing, mm-hmm. have you heard this? Yeah, the it, marketing is is it's about the marketing of a rifle, right? Okay. Well, and the ATF actually goes further. In, in their decree, as I'll call it. Uh-huh. I think we should call it that. That sounds now. great. Um, because that's exactly what it is. Um, in, the, in their decree, they basically say, uh, you know, they can, they can make these rulings based on marketing. They can base them on magazine capacity, uh, optics added to the rifle. Basically, any physical feature, whether it comes yep. stock from the factory or not. Isn't that crazy? So they just look at something and go, I don't like that today. And then suddenly that is illegal. That should probably be illegal. You know, that's, I, I but envision name, a, name that another guy. place. Yeah, definitely name another, another industry where that's the case. Better still name another civil Liberty that is so infringed upon so willy nilly, right? Which is what you're saying. Like what's the other industry, yeah. but we'd have to decide. Okay. So obviously we can't do it with voting. Can't do it with peaceful assembly. You can do it with the right to keep and bear arms. Speech. I mean, they won't even stand up to big tech like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, who are obviously editorializing at this point and should be held to the same standard. No. No. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. because there's not one. What we do know, we do know that Christian Baker's cannot refuse to make the gay cake, but the gay people can do whatever they want to the Christian bakers with zero repercussions. It's an upside-down world. 
What is the positive? We maybe, never got to. Maybe we should st- stick the ATF on the gay Kate crowd. Here's, I like that. I like that a lot. Or, <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> I want the ATF to focus all of its attention on stopping deaths by DUI. Why don't you got you? I'll tell you what. Even better, you guys have to work your way through your acronym. Okay, you get a handle on alcohol, and then we'll give you tobacco. <laughs> and when you get a handle on tobacco, we'll give you a couple of firearms to watch out for. But other than that, mind your business till you can get it right. They're just so woefully incompetent. And you know what's interesting is I have to do. I do have to say this because I'm painting with a broad brush. I've met local ATF people, and they're nice people of the same mindset as me uh probably not from this episode but to a but to a you know they like i don't know they like their paycheck uh but to a large degree they would they would agree with the individual liberty and the idea of it sometimes i think that's a part of the problem though to your point is the guys on the local level are certainly not the problem right it's the guys that sit up in the offices in washington that are ruling by fiat (laughs) right don't care about firearms. Yeah. They 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 have no connection. There's no there's no um interest or willingness to uh be a part of the community whereas the local guys that I know are actually gun guys. Uh-huh. Who again, I'm not going to say their names like you would, but have told me personally Brandon Schultz. They are not fans of most of the legislation that's out sure. there. Sure. And, and when I say most, I'm saying like 99.999%. Yeah. Now, um, and they're it, probably guys that got a job thinking they'd do good in the world. Sure. Sure. And I would even say, um, I asked one I asked one, one time about the fact that you can form one an SBR online and you get that tax stamp in about 30 days. Real quick, asterisk, still an infringement on my rights, mm-hmm. but you get it in 30 days. But if you wanted to form for a silencer, so you want to buy a silencer rather than make your own, uh, it's it takes you know over a year. And I was basically asking, why, why can I do that form one online, but I have to submit a paper copy of the form four? And he kind of paused, and he looked at me really puzzled, and he goes, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense because it's a, literally the exact same background check. Mm-hmm. It, the, the the forms work the same way. They're just classified differently because you're talking about making something versus purchasing something. And he couldn't give me a straight answer. And, that's and, why and, I, and not I don't mean that to say he couldn't give me a straight answer like he was trying to dodge me or anything. He was like, no, nah, man, I got nothing. That That's ridiculous. That no decree. No decree has been made at right. this point. That's why uh, solvent traps are popular now. Because they're form ones, yeah. So you can get them quick. A lot of people doing that. Um, you said something that brilliant. I'm sure it's all so brilliant. Yep. It's all so brilliant. Hard to hard to catalog all that. Lost my train of thought. Um, I guess my point Swimming is brilliance. Uh, yes, I I know there's good. Oh, I know what I was gonna say what I'm doing that is wrong of me. I guess. I don't want to be that guy. I remember, you know, I worked for Academy Sports for about eight or nine months. It was the worst job I've ever had, and I mean that sincerely. I've had terrible jobs. I've worked for terrible people. 
I've worked for people who got caught in criminal behavior. Academy was my worst job. <laughs> it was really, really bad. They had a lot of stupid things they did. You remember Marty Daniel firing them for moral cowardice. I do. That was pretty awesome. That was right about the time I left. And I'll tell you this. Cross my heart, hope to die. That Academy sent around a piece of paper you had to sign saying you wouldn't display modern sporting rifles and that uh, you had to follow their procedure, whatever it was. And I can tell you, I don't remember what their procedure was in writing, but I can tell you from a realistic application, it was that the customer had to come in and ask if you had any AR-15s. And you said, yes. And they said, what do you have? And you had to say, what are you looking for? And they had to name the specific make and model they were looking for. And you'd go, nope. Sounds like a stellar way to do business. Yep. It was like a drug deal. So they send this piece of paper around. It really was. And you had to sign your name. And I signed mine really big across the paper and then wrote underneath it so he can read it with his glasses, which is a reference to John Hancock. And they signed the declaration, right? And I wrote underneath that, shall not be infringed. And the manager, the gen- the district manager, whatever he was, <laughs> like the guy above our manager, was so mad that he came back and yelled at me personally. And he was like, don't mess around with this stuff. This is going to corporate. And I said, I know. That's why I did it. <laughs> and I looked right back at him because screw you and screw this place. Academy is a terrible, terrible company. And my point is this. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that story except that was Academy. So um, I was working at Academy, and they put an ad in the paper for like a, a fish finder, some crap like that. And I'm standing behind the gun counter and had this dumb rule. Not a dumb rule. made sense, except they didn't staff the place. So I'm standing behind the fishing counter. I'm the only person working hunting and fishing. And this man comes up. He's like, hey, I need help with this fish finder. And he plops the newspaper down. It's got a newspaper at it. And he points at it. I said, oh, I'm really sorry, but we sold out of those yesterday. He goes, you don't have any? I said, no, sir. He goes, when will you have more? I said, I'm not sure on that. I'm sorry. He goes, then why'd you put it in the paper? And I said, excuse me? He said, why would you put it in the paper? And he just tears into me. And in his diatribe, says to me, I own a company. This is no way to run a company. And I said, let me ask you a quick question about your company, if you don't mind. He said, yeah. I said, do you allow your hourly employees to decide how you advertise your company? And he paused, and I went, because that's what you're doing right now is you're yelling at a dude that can't control anything you're mad about. I didn't decide what they put in the paper. I wouldn't even put an ad in the paper. Nobody reads those things anyway. He got so mad, like (laughs) so mad, right? So he like runs on you and he's yelling, all that. That's what I'm doing to the ATF agents, right? Like, okay, yeah, you're the local guy. You can't help what the bosses in Washington are doing. I get that. But as a whole... I struggle. I know the ATF does good. Like they catch people who are illegally buying guns for people, and that should be stopped. I get all that, but man, it's hard when you when you see this. Now, here's the other side of the rumor, by the way. When you see stuff like this, and you go, "I have a real problem with however much." Isn't it? Didn't we did the math on this? Right? It's like five hundred billion a year, five hundred million a year. I don't know what we're talking. What's the about. ATF's budget? Oh yeah, something crazy like that. 
It's exorbitant. I'm going to look it up. Um, when you get into, let me show you her budget and performance. Uh, one, <laughs> okay, I was wrong. Uh, it's $1.3 billion. Good grief for 2019. Yikes. Imagine. Isn't it sad that that pales in comparison to everything else we're doing wrong in the country? Oh, $1.3 billion. What does it matter? Just $1.3. That's all. Anyway, I don't want to yell at those guys. I get it. I think some of that money can go towards that. I think we could save a lot of money by figuring out better ways for them to spend their time. The other side of the rumor is that there are leftover Obama ATF appointees who are doing this to Q in order to subvert the Trump vote. They want to kind of, what, cause unrest and disquiet among Trump supporters, make them think that he's not pro-Second Amendment. They would be correct. I think that would be true given the article we just read. Yeah. But I, I'm saying that would be correct that I don't think Trump is overly pro-2A. Yeah, that too, right? I mean... Bump stock. Bump stocks. Bump stocks for life. Yeah, those are gone. Come Thanks, and take buddy. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, mine are gone. And and due process. <laughs> right. I mean, we're going to take a guy, guns first. It's just so funny about Trump and guns. Here's a guy whose son literally did a campaign about making suppressors legal, and then his dad got elected... And really early on, was like, oh, no, maybe we'll go after suppressors. I don't like those that much. Yep. <laughs> it's like, dude. That one stings. You guys, you couldn't be more Talk about your all-time political. backfires. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say with this brace thing, I think a lot of people are panicking uh, because they think that, the obviously, if, if they can go after Q, then every other one is in, in peril. The only thing I'll say about that is, I've read a couple different estimates, the conservative being that there's about 4 million of said braces by various manufacturers in circulation. Right. So I think that lends itself to uh, siding uh, with uh, in common use uh, DC Heller and the fact that yeah. you got so many people yeah, that's that right. possess them and that are using them lawfully that there is no issue there. That's really good. Yeah, so That's my take on it. So I'm not overly worried about these going anywhere, uh, but time will tell. I mean, again, we're talking about the ATF and, and their decrees, so you never quite know what might happen. No, but, but I do think you're right. Like Because, twofold, number one, the ATF can decree all at once, but it still has to go through the due process. Meaning, if the ATF arrests me tomorrow for a pistol brace on a honey badger, I'm going to say, take me to court. It's not illegal. Well, we said it's legal. Screw you. Take me to court. I'm going to go to court. I'm going to make the same argument you just made. That's part two of my point because you're exactly right. A reasonable examination of court opinions would suggest that in common use is in common use. And that's what they're facing somewhat. Eh, I guess that's not the same in California. But like I said, D.C. Heller would definitely be, uh, you know, a citation in your case of, I mean, you can't go out. I mean, this is, it is what it is. You guys have already said as much. It's in common use. Right. Everybody's doing it. 
The frightening part would be if they do go after it, they do have records of who they've been sold to because manufacturers have to say how firearms are sold and what they are, the components on them. There could be that record. However, if you just bought your brace privately, they're not going to know, right? Or if you lose them in a boating accident. Right. right. I'll, I'm going to throw a third theory out there. Yeah. And if, if you don't want to jump on board with this one, that's okay. I, I'll shoulder all of it. Okay. So Q is owned by Kevin Brittingham. Kevin Brittingham, uh, formerly of AAC. So he actually started AAC back in the day, sold it to Remington. Remington fired him. Uh, he took a job with SIG. Weird, because Remington has made such strong business decisions in the past. Right. There must be something. Oh, yep. no. Uh-huh. What did I read about them? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So he went to SIG. I don't really know what he did there, other than take a lot of their money and then leave and go start Q. Uh, I'm pretty sure he designed a bolt rifle. Uh, yeah, after he left, and then SIG borrowed the design. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor there. Same for their cans. No, it's here. You said, what did he do at SIG? <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. He told somebody about his bolt rifle. Yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm, tell me more. They're <laughs> sketching it down on a napkin. And you fired. Uh, thing about Kevin is, Kevin is what some might call a jackass. Yeah. He is not a pleasant person, I don't think. He thinks he knows everything. He thinks he's the smartest person in the gun industry. Uh, he basically says as much every time he puts out one of his podcasts. Uh, he talks about how rich he is, and he's basically the best thing ever. Sounds like a another episode of Felt Recall. Right, right. It's I'm so same. rich. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you more about my drug dealing neighbors. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about our Lamborghinis on this show. I got yet, all the but, monies, uh, but that's coming. That's yeah. coming. When Not you're done yapping, we're gonna do our stock portfolio <laughs> segment. This is going to be great. Um, anyway, my theory is is Kevin Brittingham has a history of shooting his mouth off. And nice, I, it nice makes point. me wonder if he just talked a little too much smack to somebody at the ATF. I see what you're saying. And they were like, oh, yeah? I'll gotcha. show you, buddy. Gotcha. Uh, it, I just... There's a there's a small part of me that thinks there's a nugget of truth there. I don't know he how he really to, is a jerk. I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah, but if what you just said is true, that man just became my best friend. Because <laughs> that's oh, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say the ATF is coming after both of us. No, but I would die on that hill. Like just to smart off to somebody, <laughs> they come after my whole company with some. Massive government overreach like that, I would just be well, so happy get, with I don't myself. want to get too far in the weeds. If you dig a little bit on Kevin Brittingham, he's been in a little trouble lately yeah. for uh, stalking his wife or some such nonsense where he drove his... Convicted? Convicted of? I don't know if he was... All I, accusations. Well, he was arrested for it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's public record. I don't right. know if he was convicted, but I know he drove his his Raptor through the garage door at her house. I love it. So, um, again, not a pleasant guy. So, I I don't know if that's, if you're him, I'm just saying maybe you don't want to draw a bunch of attention to yourself as yeah. a CEO and owner of a firearms I, I, company. I saw some references to him recently that were insinuating he was a convicted felon. 
Well, I think uh, on social media, because of the, the people that don't like him automatically jump. They they automatically convicted him in I the court you. in the court of social media. Yeah, people do that as a habit. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know how to tell, tell you this. They should cut that out. <laughs> this um, is going to be tough, but I need you to know. Okay. <laughs> you can't believe everything on the Twitter. What? <laughs> yeah. Some of it. I thought that was a hotline Mm-mm. straight to the president's desk, though. Mm-mm. Some of it is entirely made up. Huh. It's hurtful. Take a minute and process. Yeah. Not all true. Hang on a second. I'm going to. Are, are you Twittering? Yeah. Yeah, I was just I was just telling everyone I'm going to delete my account on yeah. on on Twitter. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I had to tell them that I was deleting it before I deleted it though. <laughs> the best. I had to make sure that I I got love those people. Full everybody got the full message. I got I plenty of attention. It. I love it. Guys, just so you know, I'll be taking a break from social media. Nobody cares. <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> Uh, unfollowed. Then they're always back with like breaking news. Yeah. You know, like I'm on a Facebook hiatus, but I had to log in and say that the cheese rolls. <laughs> Look at these pork chops. And then it's like a picture of some crappy food. <laughs> I was going to say the cheese rolls at local cure the bomb. All right. I'm out. 15 more days to go. I did see a guy. I wanted to tell you this. I sit saw a guy on Facebook. This is the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. I don't know if I can find it. Do I need to hit that button over there that makes the Voda intro play? If we're going to talk about dumb people. Oh, man. He could have very well been Voda. Oh, I, I texted it to you, so hold on. This should be easy. This is my favorite thing I've read on social texted media. texted me about me? About you. Huh. My favorite thing I have seen on social media in a very, very long time was this. Hey, outdoorsy friends. <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. This dude, I belly laughed probably for an hour over this. I'm heading on. <laughs> this, By the way, quick preface. This is, will not be funny if you've never been camping. I remember, by the way. My nephew, the same one I shared a room with at the beach that time, he once asked to go on a backpacking trip with me, right? <clears throat> this is important to this guy's update. And I said, I'd be glad to take you. I think it'd be awesome. Let's do that. And he goes, okay. I said, but here's something you have to wrap, wrap your brain around this before we set out on this endeavor. He goes, okay. I said, can you poop in the woods? And I just watched his like entire countenance. <laughs> Go downward. He's like, what? I was like, we will be digging holes, holding on to trees, <laughs> doing what you got to do. When nature calls, <laughs> you have to figure a way out. And we never went. What? I never did it. But that's the thing you have to, yeah, that's, that's the life. Anyway, here's this guy. <laughs> hey, local outdoorsy friends. I'm heading on a three-day, two-night hike this weekend. Sounds like fun. I would, I'd be in that. I'm in need of a few, it's my favorite part. I'm in need of a few more key pieces of equipment. Now, let's stop there and examine the fact that if you say a few more, certainly implies you've bought something. Mm-hmm. Some, one. Think. Something. At least a thing. <laughs> Says, I have a couple of leads. 
which means somebody told him, well, go to REI and buy it, you dimwit. <laughs> he was like, no, no, I'm going to need it for free. If you happen to have anything, anything of the following, good, all right. But if you happen to have anything of the following, you'd be willing to lend out. I love the grammar. I would love to chat. Here's what he needs to go on his hiking trip that he's already bought key pieces of what key pieces because here's what he needs a one to two person tent a really warm and compact sleeping bag sleeping pad and a really light and compact chair so he bought shoes and a pack right <laughs> like that i'm serious like shoes and a pack we hope maybe a jet boil maybe maybe two to three nights <laughs> that is sick of the disappointment that's going to wash over him when he gets thirsty. <laughs> Dude, yes. Hey, guys, I'll be right back. Where is the water fountain? Yeah, what? Uh, anyway, that made me, and that is, that is like the just real epitome of where we are as a culture, in my opinion, and what we use social media for these days, right? Like, it's all about, look at me. Here's what I'm doing. It's amazing. Also, that guy really wants also, people to think he's outdoors. That guy is not. Couldn't be further from the truth, dear sir. All right. Anyway, uh, if if can we get what's his name? Kevin Biddingham. Brittingham. Brittingham. He should come on the show, man. He should call in. Let me email him. I'll call him. I mean, he's not busy. Nothing's going on right now for him. It's a good point. Yeah, he sees production on the Honey Badger, so he's, he's probably, probably just sitting around. Hanging out. Thinking about his wife. Probably just driving his Lamborghini. Yep. <laughs> does he have one? He does. Oh, okay. He brags about it all the time. He oh, really? Shut up about What's it. What's the name of his podcast? Q and Ass. Is it? Yep. Q and Ass. A-S-S. Yep. Like, is that for associates or is it? I, I, no, I don't Q. think so. I think it's just for ass. So he knew Q&A was a thing. Yep. Maybe he knows... His reputation, as you described him. Could be. And that's a reference to that. Strong possibility. People think I'm an ass. I'll just embrace it. Feed into it. Yeah, why not? Could be something. It could all be just a uh, a persona that he's just worked over the years. I mean that. He just clings to it. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are that way. Ego is a heck of a thing. All right, two lightning round stories, and then we'll get into Hang our... out with you all the time, buddy. <laughs> That's me. It's me. Uh, then we'll get into our vote of the week. I just love both of these. They both come from the dailycaller.com, dailycaller.com. Uh, the courts have sided with a Florida State University student who was removed from his paid leadership position over texts he sent which were critical of Black Lives Matter. Judge Alan Windsor of the Northern District Court of Florida sided with FSU student Jack Denton, who was ousted as student Senate president after sending text critical of Black Lives Matter. It is no answer to say, as FSU does, that this is merely all part of the rough and tumble of student politics and that Denton must develop thicker skin, the judge says. The judge ruled that FSU must continue paying Denton the salary associated. Yes. And he doesn't have to take the job back. So he gets paid. School doesn't have to give him his job back. He gets just cash in as a martyr. Good for him. Good for him. People need to stop taking action against people with differing political beliefs. If you could send me that link, you got it. Done. What I'd like to do is try to mimic 
what he's got going on there where you yeah. get paid to not go to work anymore. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Kim Jong-un crying and apologizing to his people in a party anniversary speech. Northern Korea dictator Kim Jong-un shed tears and apologized for his recent failures in leadership at a military parade over the weekend, according to reports, saying, quote, Our people have placed trust as high as the sky and as deep as the sea in me, but I have failed to always live up to it satisfactorily. I am really sorry for that. Although I'm entrusted with the important responsibility to lead this country, upholding the cause of the great comrades Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il, thanks to the trust of all the people, my efforts and sincerity have not been sufficient enough to rid our people of the difficulties in their lives. Nothing I see here is where he apologizes for executing political and religious dissenters. Uh, But okay. Uh, That's a guy that I'd like to watch that speech like in real time and then just a missile falls on his head. (laughs) Kills him. Well, I was thinking, you you don't see that type of vulnerability out of dictators. So Mm. I was kind of thinking that this would be a scenario where uh, he's sort of, he's, I feel like, like he's almost like teeing up like a coup or something. Mm, Does that make sense? Like his sister's about to take over. Or, well, or just there's an uprising of some sort or whatever and, and the family is no longer in power even. It's an interesting concept. When I see this, I think, what if he actually believes it? Like, you know, these, these people, they, they teach the people in North Korea that the leaders are divine. Right. Right? These are people from from heaven. Like, yep. God ordained them yeah. to rule the country. God. Yeah. What if he actually believes that and he's starting to realize he's wrong? Like, that'd be weird. <laughs> you know? How do you wrap your brain around that? Wait, I'm not God? <laughs> no. No, you're not. Ah, man. That explains so much. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's really tough. I might need a minute on that one. Weird. Anyway, uh, you can see that video. Read the article. On Facebook.com, just look for Felt Recoil Show. Everything we've talked about so far, you'll find a link to it on our Facebook page. Uh, I wanted Keith Olbermann to be this week's voter, so he's an honorable mention. For vote of the week. He's definitely an idiot. He has lost his mind. If you haven't seen that video, that's there on our Facebook page as well. But it is time. Here we go. I'm an ambitious officer. Mm. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. Yeah. Uh, This week's vote of the week is uh, any elected official still implementing lockdowns over COVID. I think New York comes to mind. A top World Health Organization official says to world leaders, stop using lockdowns to control COVID. That's terrible, ghastly, and global catastrophe. Not a joke. Um, He says using lockdowns as your primary control method against the coronavirus is a really bad idea. From the Wall Street Journal, the coronavirus pandemic has thrown between 88 million and 114 million people into extreme Poverty. Dr. David Nabarro, the World Health Organization's special envoy on COVID-19, told The Spectator last week the lockdowns are not the answer to COVID-19, saying, quote, we in the World Health Organization 
do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of control of this virus. You know who's going to have to deal with this is Facebook. Have you shared anything on Facebook lately regarding COVID-19? Do you get their warning when you try to do it that says this article is about COVID-19? Make sure you know your facts before you share this article. As you know, I don't really share much on Facebook, but I've seen a lot of people that have that little uh, fact-checked thing at the bottom. So, yeah. So good. So now, when you're critical of lockdowns and you share an article saying don't lock down, Facebook wants to censor you. Facebook's going to have to answer to the fact that the World Health Organization, which which brings Facebook to mind because Facebook says in their disclaimer that they won't allow you to share information that goes against information from the CDC or the World Health Organization. So what Facebook should now do if they're being morally equal is go shut down the Facebook statuses of any New York officials who are saying we're going to lock down because that's the right thing to do because now I'm sure that's we know. Zucker Nerd's top priority. He's on it. Which, by the way, did you see uh, Cuomo basically locked down nine zip codes that were all primarily Orthodox Jews in the greater New York area? Because he basically not. said that uh, they, these were a high concentration of COVID. And uh, if you actually look at the numbers, uh, Corona Queens... No kidding. That's really really the name of it. Okay. Uh, it's actually a Hispanic neighborhood with equal amounts of cases to several of the Orthodox Jewish areas um, that are somehow uh, on Cuomo's radar. I don't know this for a fact. I don't hang out with a lot of Orthodox Jews. Uh, <laughs> but I would be Loser. willing to think, right, I would be willing to think that they're probably politically more conservative so there seems to be a play there some of them yeah i would think not all i know that's a that's a mixed bag but i would think that there's probably a political play there to to basically squash some uh dissent in in the in that community imagine that conversation where you're an advisor to cuomo and he's like tell you what we're gonna do we're gonna lock down the jewish district I want them all cordoned off because of coronavirus concerns. Uh, and you're you're the guy, and you're in the room. And you're like, uh, sir. Just, I just want to put it out there. I know, I know, you've probably already thought about this, but sounds like what you're saying is you want to um, you want to concentrate the Jews into one particular area. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. That's right, because we're going to put this coronavirus on lockdown. Sir, um, I understand what you're saying. And I know you've thought about this already, but again, I just want to examine the the optics involved with what we're doing. Now, again, just to reiterate, these are Jews. And it sounds to me, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just curious. I want to make sure I, I understand. It sounds to me like what you're saying is you want to basically – Maybe put barriers up around ju- just the Jew, the Jews, and not let them come and go freely. Just the cordon them off is it sounds like what you're saying. And then Cuomo's sitting there, and he doesn't understand why that's a concern to you. Like, and why do I have to keep explaining it to you? <laughs> yes, yes, Chris, 
It's exactly what I'm saying. I think the flip side of that coin is... Why do you seem so hesitant to act for the sake of safety, Chris? I think the flip side of that coin is he goes into the same meeting and he goes, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're locking down all the Muslims. And then everybody else in the room does that collective, like... Right. Where they all suck all the air out of the room. Like, I don't know if that's a good idea, man. They're kind of... They're not really... I just can't... being told what to do by white guys. (laughs) Not going to work out. And then he's like, here's another thing about... Another thing about the coronavirus. (laughs) It's possible you could get lice. (laughs) So, after you you concentrate them into an area, I want you to offer everybody a free haircut. Sir, I don't I don't think you're thinking this one through. I've thought it through, Vermillion. Go do what I tell you to do. <laughs> Stupid people. What an idiot. And he's, he's uh, I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the hundred club. But I feel like we had two. I mean everybody knows the rules. Everybody knows the rules. Just drop two on them. Uh stupid New York. Uh, yeah, there's no excuse anymore. It's just not. All right, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you too, Patrick. Thanks for being here. You can find more information about us at FeltRecoilShow.com. We're on all the socials at FeltRecoilShow. Just search us out. Be glad to have you come along for the ride. You can find new episodes of the Felt Recoil Podcast wherever you like to get your podcasts every Tuesday morning, every Tuesday morning. And if you will subscribe and if you will leave a comment, that would be greatly appreciated. Tell a friend, and we'll give you a hug when we see you in person. Thanks for hanging out. On the Felt Recall Podcast, we'll be back in seven days. Goodbye now. <laughs>